You're now tuning in to Deep Down Under, a podcast where I'll be sitting down with influential and inspiring people of our time from all walks of life. In this podcast, we'll be able to dig a little deeper into the minds of those who have stepped outside the box and shaped their own path, getting a greater understanding of their journey. There is always a backstory. In this episode, I sit down with Paul Fleming, an Indigenous professional boxer who represented Australia at the 2008 Olympics. Paul's got an outstanding record of 28 fights with 27 wins and one draw. In this episode, we talk about Paul's life growing up, his living situation with domestic violence and poverty, his Indigenous roots and tapping into them, how boxing shaped his life, the Olympics, his influences growing up, his relationship with marijuana and psychedelics, the current state of the world and its agenda, the media, alcohol and other drugs, domestic violence, his artwork and more. Hope you enjoy. Today I would like to acknowledge the Iraqwal people of Bunjalung country, the original custodians of the land in which this podcast was recorded, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Right, let's do it. Showtime. Paul Fleming, how are we, brother? Thank you for taking the time out to sit down with me today. It's an absolute pleasure to be yarning with you. How are you and um, how's Sydney right now? How are you dealing with lockdown and juggling five little humans and everything else at the same time? <laughs> yeah, man, um, pleasure pleasure being on, man. Thanks for reaching out to us. And, uh, you know, I always take the opportunity to jump on and, and have, a, have a yarn and, you know, share my message and that. So, you know, thanks for giving me the platform, uh, man. Really appreciate it. And, uh yeah, look, man, fuck, what can you say? I mean, some of us are doing it harder than others. Some of us are in a worse position than others. But, I mean, what can you do about it? We're all here. We're all going through it. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in uh, you can choose You can choose how you, um, how you let it affect you. And, you know, you can choose the outcome. And um, I'm choosing to use this time to, you know, uh, let my mind, let, let myself create, you know, I'm, I'm taking this time to really delve into my own mind and my own subconscious and, you know, battling my own demons. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, I battle my demons every day and, uh, you know, this is, this gives you time to really put a perspective, you know, who are the ones close to you. And, you know, I've got my, you know, And them, they're my best friends. So, you know, if you're going to be locked down in any situation with any people, you'd want to be locked down with your five best friends, wouldn't you? So, mm. you know, I'm lucky in that sense, you know. Yeah, 100%, man. 100%. How's it been? Like, are you pretty, you're in like a pretty built up area or? <clears throat> well, so we're just in the area that just got locked down. I'm, I'm just in yeah. Penrith. So yeah, we right. just got like put into the real harsher lockdowns now. But, um, yeah, I live. I live like right near the the, the town center, like eight minutes walk, man, from the main Westfields and forever from everything that the Bunnings is just around the corner for me. So, mm. but you know, like I'm not living in fear. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not. I'm not. I don't subscribe to this fear that this media try and push and all these agendas that they got going on, man. And uh, mm. you know, I'm. I don't call myself conspiracy theorist because that word actually was created by the CIA. If you look it up, man, the, the creation of that word is for the CIA, for mm. anyone that questions the government. You know? mm. So I believe in the word, word conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm not that. I'm uh, I'm open-minded to all possibilities. 100%. 100%. That's, man, that's yeah. what I call it. You know? Fuck yeah. We'll, we'll delve deeper into that. Um, 
in a bit later on. But so it's Tully near Cairns, Queensland, where you're from, Flemo. What was the uh, what was the journey like growing up in that area? The journey of being a young Indigenous man and, and give us a full picture into your early life and how boxing came about. But not just boxing, like everything in between, and and um, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, gladly, man. So, uh, yeah, it's only a very small town, far enough Queensland, up near Cairns. Uh, mm. It's between Cairns and Townsville. Not much goes on there, but pig hunting, fishing, and bananas and cane, man. So, and they love, we love our footy up there, North Queenslanders. You know, we're, we're real passionate about our footy. And I, I, I loved, I loved footy when I was young. And I, but I also love fighting. You know, I was always intrigued by it. Like, all the movies they used to watch were like Bloodsport and Van Damme movies and, you know, uh, Demolition Man, Hard Target, um, all the uh, Schwarzenegger movies, uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian and all them sort of movies, you know, they're the ones that I that, that I used to watch or them real, <laughs> real 90s, like real 90s and 80s violent sort of stuff. So I grew up with that sort of uh, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, all that sort of stuff, man. So um, fighting was in my in my life, my whole, you know, ever since I was little. You know, I always was intrigued with it and loved it. Oh, he shouldn't be watching Super Bowl, my six-year-old. He swears, <laughs> he swears more than any human I've ever met. My the kid's got ADHD, so yep. don't don't judge him. Yep. And he's got me as his dad. No so, judgment, I'm pretty sure I came he, out of the woods wearing. He's he's down there watching Super Bowl. He's got good taste. I think Super Bowl. <laughs> Jolly tried to. Oh, we go. Mum's mum's should be home soon in a minute. So go down. Um, where was I? Sorry, this is gonna happen. No, I have five kids in the house. No yeah, stress, this is mommy. gonna happen. Sorry, guys. So, no stress. Um, where was I at? Um, growing up in Tully, small yep. town, banana Movies. farms. Yeah. Um, Fighting, having the fighting, you know, in my life, my whole life, you know. Mm. My dad was a real old school sort of guy, born in the born in the forties, and real hard, and you know, it was all, you know, you know, by the whip, you know, like one of his. I remember this. One of his famous sayings was, "Yours is not to question why. Yours is just to do or die." So that was that was that was one of his mottos uh, among many of them. But you know, he's just don't ask questions and shut the fuck up and do what you're meant to do. And mm. you know, that's how my dad really run the house. And you know, you, you don't really understand what chauvinism is and what domestic violence is, and and you know what these things are when you grow up around it. Totally, you kind of see it as a it, it's just a normality. You don't see, you know, smoking weed and all that stuff is as as a as something different than it's in your life so you know it wasn't until I, was, I got a little bit older and i started kind of realizing that the life i was living wasn't normal you know mm. to fear of your father so much that you feel like vomiting because he beat you is is not normal you know for you to watch your father you know throw food at your mother and and you know, call her racial slurs. Mm. That's not a normal thing, you know. And you, you just don't know as a kid until you experience a little bit more. And you know, I was a, I was a bit of, I was a better te- I was a teenager when I started kind of sticking up for my mum because mm. I never really, I never really 
and you know you you, you kind of side with the strongest don't you you know when you're a kid you're always going to side with the people that makes the he makes all the choices he holds all the money mm. he rules with an iron fist you're not going to oppose and you're mm. a single person you know what i mean so but as i got older and you know i got into fighting and i got a little bit older me and my dad started having like altercations and um and then I end up, I end up lucky. I had boxing to escape with, and mm, totally. you know, I put all my, I, I put all my eggs in that basket because I had no other escape. You know, we had no money. You know, I had no other future outside of it. I was, I was illiterate. You know, I couldn't read until I was twenty five years old. Mm. So I was illiterate. I couldn't read. Couldn't, couldn't do anything. All I could do was sports and boxing and and football. Mm. So yeah, lucky I had something to move away from for when I was a teenager, and that was uh, boxing. And you know, I never looked back. Why were you illiterate, man? Was it was it from school? Like, what sort of school was it? Was it just? And I was uh, I suffer with ADHD, mm. so yeah, it, it that 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 was the struggle. Like I again, as a kid, you don't really know what ADHD, and 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 you're you're talking about in the. 90s yeah, early no, 90s totally. like it wasn't really a thing yeah like autism wasn't a no one had like autism it was either autistic non-verbal mm. there wasn't like aspergius and Spectrum. low yeah. like it wasn't really a thing like yeah. so all them kids at school that i went with went to school with in the 90s that was like they were a little bit slow or a little bit weird and why is why is Dave weird? Why is J- and you never really he was, you know, the weird kids, yeah, the other right. kids that were a little bit strange. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you just like, oh, that's just Jimmy. He's a little bit slow, you yeah. know, just just slow Jimmy. Yeah. But Jimmy is disabled. <laughs> Jimmy has a disability. Totally. You know what I mean? Dave, yeah. he, he just doesn't lick windows for the sake. He's yeah. like he's he's weird. Like, and that's the thing with ADHD. It's a disability. Yeah. And uh, I I didn't and and. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really understand it until, and I'm still kind of understanding it now because my son, like I said, my son, he has it. He has it like, so people that have known me my whole, <laughs> people that have known me my whole life know I'm like, I'm full on. Like yeah. anyone you ask, I'm a full on dude. As you can yeah. see from my fights yeah. and how I talk and my performances, tattoos yeah. and Yep. My like my clothes, my like my merch. It's really out there, sort of dude. Like I'm an out there sort of guy. Mm. He's like me on methamphetamine. <laughs> like he, and that's hard to comprehend for people that have known me. They're like, yep. it's kind of like trying to understand quantum physics and light, the speed of light. You know, mm. you can't. The people can't fathom how a person can be more insane than i was as a kid mm. and this kid is me and more like he puts me in his back pocket yeah nice he called me a cock breath the other day i mean I, I, this is the thing you know you know when you get little kids that swear a lot yep. and they're like not really good at it and they kind of like their timings off yeah. and they're not real fun. And their placement's it's funny like a foreign like yeah you dick beetle or something weird <laughs> or something he's articulate and he's so good at it and you can't get angry sometimes like I just like I sit back in amazement. I'm like, you yeah. got a fucking talent. I can't. I can't. Yeah. No, no five year old should be able to string "fuck you, you cock breath" together like that. The like Picasso, uh, that. the Picasso of swear words, Junior. Oh, dude, he's gonna do something with yeah. swearing. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's a stand up. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Have you Maybe got him? In, have swears. you got him in the gym at all? 
Is he is he doing yeah. sports? Oh, the boys love it. They're gun footy players. I got him into rugby league this year, and my son in his first six uh, five games, he scored fifteen tries. My oldest son, like he's just a gun. He's oh, gonna he's guy. gonna play. He'll end up playing NRL, and then my other boogie, the one who's like me, so he's a we call him Boogie because he's always. He's one of them kids. You know them kids that you look at and you just know they smell like piss? Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, when they eat, it goes everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, like no matter what you do with that kid, he ends up with, like, a homer of food, <laughs> like, everywhere. And it's just, I don't know whether it's, like, I don't know what it is, the energy that he casts off his body, but his ice cream melts 50 times faster than anyone else. Yeah. So it just, it's everywhere. He's just super so, saiyan, bro. He's just flaming constantly. Oh, he's yeah. just like. The energy, <laughs> the energy he's emitting. Yeah. Dude, he, that kid's like, he's, he's, but he's good. He's good value. He's good value. Like there's never a dull moment with him. He like, he's the funniest. He's the funniest person. I've, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. How and he's that? sick, so. But he's got me as his dad. Yeah. Funny Bounce off each other. And like, yeah, <laughs> how, how epic is that? Like, as you'd know, channeling that ADHD into into a sport or into something physical, man, can fucking be a massive game changer. Um, for oh, sure. it's like laser focus. That's what yeah. I tell people. It's like all that energy, that excess energy, yeah. kind of when you can pinpoint it. I find it in myself now, like in my later age, my kind of my physical energy's gone down like i'm not as jumpy around as mm. i was but my mind's going at a million miles an hour mm. and now i've kind of learned a lot enough now where before it was just like every idea was mm. just like blah, 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 and i'd have to say every idea but now mm. my late older age you know i'm 33 but mm. i feel like i've lived I feel like I'm 53. Totally. But by experience, not by body, because I I'm, I'm, I feel like, listen, I've got to, I'm going to put this out here now. This is on record. Yeah, I'm yeah. going for the world record. I'm going for the world record. Yep. You want to know what the world record is? What is it? I'm going to be the oldest living human ever. Yep. I'm fucking, brother. I'm putting it out in the, in the stratosphere right now. Benjamin Button. I'm going to, Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna write about it. I'm gonna outlive. I think it's 120 something. Yeah, I feel good, man. That's why. Fuck COVID, man. Yep. Like, have a go. Have <laughs> a dig. I'm a fighter. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared. Like, yep. listen. The, the, when when we talk about oh, um, this, my convos are gonna jump everywhere. My yeah, ADHD yeah. is gonna go off. I'm yep. gonna jump everywhere. The first time I've ever, I've been talking to six year olds for for uh, and my wife. I love it. I love her guts. She's yep. the best human ever. Yep. But it's it's good to have this face to face and this conversation about everything. You know totally, what I mean? Totally, bro. Be able to debrief. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, at, at, what, at what age did you really, you know, it didn't sound like it in those early years. What what age did you really start sort of tapping deeper into your indigenous culture or is that something that was always in your life? And can you explain some of sort of the key practices and ways of, of that culture that you've experienced personally? Yeah, man. Great question. I like it. Um, I always had a sense of knowing I was Indigenous. I always knew I was Indigenous. It was always, it was never, a, like, my dad's white, my mum's black. So my dad's German-Irish and my mum's mm -hmm. Malaysian Aboriginal. And she grew up in Brisbane, so my father, and she grew up, like, she grew up Aboriginal, like an Aboriginal family, knowing, mm -hmm. knowing it, but not celebrating it as much because it wasn't you weren't allowed to back then. You got to realize my oh, no, mom was born in 
1956, my mum was born. It was not until 1960, when was the referendum passed? 1967? I think so, yeah. 1956, 1956 my mum my, my was born. 1967, they passed a referendum. Yep. So you got to remember the first 11 years of her life, she wasn't a, considered a human being. She never had no rights. Maybe. She wasn't. And that's, brother, this is what we talk about when we talk about, you know, oh, it's, you know, a lot of people throw up the things like it's in the past. Oh, you got to let it go. It's in the past. That's my, that's my mother. That's not even in the past. She was born in 1956. That's insane. She was 11. Do you remember stuff from when you were 11? Totally. My mom remembers being segregated, not being able to go to the same thing, the same functions. My mom remembers people yelling at her down the street and stuff with her grandmother. My great grandmother was a, um, she was an Indigenous activist. Her name was Cecilia Smith, and she fought for Indigenous rights. And mm-hmm. I've got books written about her and stuff. And she 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 um, chained herself to the the to the court steps in Brisbane, and they watered like all crazy activist stuff like that. My mum remembers doing that stuff, marching. Mm, wow. So, like, when you talk about one generation, like, oh, it's in the past. I mean, yeah, seventeen eighty eight's in the past, but you're talking about stuff that happened for hundreds of years, and it's still going on today. You know, it's still there's still you know, trauma, transgenerational trauma. There's still people affected by it. Um, Bro, to be honest, that so is a yeah. massive perspective shift for me, um, what you've just said there. Like, I haven't even fathomed that, that it was that, that it was just the last generation, man. 1956, That's man. Fucking my, crazy. my mom was born 1967, <sighs> man. Yeah. So, you know, it's all still – and. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seesawed through this topic so much over my adult life. Like, you know, I always knew I was Indigenous and, you know, as I got older, I kind of I knew, I kinda knew more about it and kind of more. And then after it was kind of after I went to the Olympics in 2008, being recognised as one of the Olympians, like we got a rich history in the boxing we ha- we hold seventy percent of the indigenous athletes that have competed at the Olympics. I think it was seventy percent. Don't hold me to that, but it's totally. a very high percentage have competed in boxing. Wow. I don't think that, I think we've had a run now. I don't think there's there's been an Olympics for I don't I couldn't even tell you that there hasn't been an an indigenous athlete in the Olympic team. There was three when I went, mm. and then there's one just one this Olympics just now. Alex Winwood, who's a, a a legend, and I'm um. You know, I got I got big raps on him, and uh, help. I'm gonna do my best to help him out and help these youth, man. Help these young guys, and 100%. especially these young fighters, man. Make these right decisions because there's a few decisions, you know, I made, and I don't regret it. You know, the thing about regret is people talk about life about regrets, but you know, I'm happy with where I am now. I'm mm. so at peace. You know, I've I've accomplished so fucking much in my life, and mm. When you look at where I start, my starting point to where I am now, it's a fucking fairy tale, man. Mm. Like, how can I look at, like, how can I look at the shit things that have happened and go and and dwell on it? Mm. Because them shit things that have happened, them fuck-ups, them things in the past, them bumps and that hurt has led me to here to this point here and 
if I had to do it over again and go through everything I had to go through to have the life I have now, and listen, I'm not living like I don't own my house. I've yeah. got a car that's 12 years old. Like I'm not driving like mad cars mm. and all this crazy shit. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm fucking happy, man. Yeah. I'm so fucking happy mm. because. I sell, listen, I sell, I sell beanies with my fucking logos on. People mm. buy shirts with my fucking face on it, dude. People pay. That's fucking ridiculous, dude. That's absolute. that's so fucking hard to fathom yep. coming from where I come from to this point now that people want to buy a shirt with my face on it. 100%. It's fucking crazy. People want to listen to what I say. People share my, my walkout, my indigenous walkout, mm. but millions of views. My, my interview after my fight. Me just being, and I embrace the dickhead, man. And mm. people love it, and it's like it's fucking crazy, man. It's it's crazy, and I'm not I'm not even talking like like I'm some big fan. Like I'm, and I hate, even hate the word like famous. Like mm. even because you see that interview where Conor McGregor says I'm not a star. I smash people's faces in and bounce for money, like. I punch people in the. I've been punching people in the face since I was twelve years old, and and that, and I'm good at it. Yeah. But I'm, there's so much more to me, man. I'm 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 such a I'm such a. There's so much more depth to me than that, and um. Totally. But you know, I'm so lucky that I have that privilege, man. Like, how can you, how can you look at all that shit and and all that bad shit and and look at where I am now and the family I have, like I got five beautiful kids mm. that drive me fucking crazy and mm. i but i love them more than anything like mm. the, the, there's the, the things that i do for them kid for them kids is just uh, listen if there was if, if an angel come down to me and said you could press a button now and save all of humanity but you go back and you don't have your kids i'll be like see you later sorry bro see you later motherfuckers <laughs> i'm like <laughs> He's all gone. I'm sorry. I love you, but he's all gone. I fucking, I'm living with my kids and my wife until we die. I, I, I just, I couldn't do it. You know, my, they mean everything to me. And, uh, you know, if, if that means going through all the fucking shit that I went through as a kid, all the mm. abuse, seeing the things I've seen and, mm. and um, experience the things I've experienced, the heartache, the heartbreak, the ups and downs, you know, to just to be here with my family. I'd do it 10 times over. Mm, totally, man. Totally. Mm. So back to, yeah, back to the roots. So you started, you started. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, sorry, dude. I'm no, there's no. Bro, dude. there's no, there's I'm no. High, sorry. I'm a bit high. I'm a bit high as well. Yeah, yeah bro, man, there's no so, tangents. Yeah. There's no, this is like, it's exactly what it needs to be. So. Uh, yeah, no, nah, all good. Say whatever but, um, right. Yeah, man. So. Back to the roots, you know, growing up in that small town. And, mm. you no, know, by the escaping. roots, by the roots, I mean the, the indigenous roots. Like, when did you start? Oh, the, that? yeah, we were past yeah, that. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. right. We're yeah. way past that. Yeah. Um, the indigenous roots. Yeah, I got into it more when I was a, a, an adult and mm. um, kind of Joe Williams. He, he's a, he was a big, a big turning point in that, in that, um, in my life, in that aspect. And, you know, I was training with him at the gym and, we kind of lost a bit of contact and then I seen him a few uh, a year or two later and he looked really good and he was in like real good spirits and I hadn't seen him like that before, like when he was training and when he was with us in Sydney I go hey where you been what have you been up to he goes oh, I've just been going out bush and I thought oh like camp and like cultural stuff and I'm like oh really and 
yeah, he kind of said, oh, you should go up and watch this corroboree, uh, like all the fellas from out that I do ceremony, like cultural stuff with. Yep. He goes, uh, they're doing a, a dance, their yearly dance up in uh, Central Coastways. You should go up and check it out. And, and I did. And then from there, it just clicked in me, man. And I've become obsessed with it. And, you know, I was just entrenched in, entrenched in it, man. And, uh, you know, I talk, I'm still very deep in it. And, uh, but I have my own, I pull from a few, I've got a few people that I really speak to from all over the country and, uh, mm. you know, a few elders that I really speak to and, you know, reference with them. We're all on our own journey. We're, we are all on our own journey, but especially Indigenous people, we're totally. finding ourselves again. The um, the old ways, are, you know, they're still, they're still here somewhat, but we've got to learn to live in this, you know, this more modern era and, you know, the things that, you know, we talk about the things of the past and how they've shaped what, what they've shaped us now. And uh, all we got to do, I think what we need to learn to do is move on from that. You know what I mean? Uh, use it as a learning experience, use the stuff as the past from the past as a learning experience mm. and uh, move forward and, and, Empathy, man. Like, how come we can't empathize with anyone? Mm. Like, that's the, that's what I don't understand. Like, let me put this analogy to you, right? So, there's there's some indigenous people that have a high a high percentage of indigenous people that have issues. Yes, mm. we're not denying that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of systemic, um, you know, there, there's there's abuse. There's a, you know, they live in low socioeconomic areas where, yeah. you know, anybody growing up in that low socioeconomic areas is going to be exposed to a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things that they've that. So we're not, we're not disputing that. Yeah. We're not disputing that, but there comes a point where we have to move forward and, you know, use that as a learning curve, like I said, and, and realize, show that empathy, like, not every soldier that comes back from war has PTSD. Mm -hmm. Not everyone that suffers a traumatic experience will end up with depression or mental health. Mm. Why can't we look at it like that? Mm. Not use it like, oh, well, there's this Aboriginal person here and he's doing really well for himself. Like, why can't you be more? It's two different situations, two different scenarios. You don't yeah. you don't know the life. You don't know the story. And that's not just of Indigenous people. Let's just be honest. That's of yeah. everyone, you know. Yeah. And that that's that's a big that's a big key to the way I look at life now is you know try not to be in such judgy eyes. Try to get down off my high horse and try and look at the big picture and try to live in people's experiences and kind of realize that not everyone has the same starting point as you the same reference points the same no, no not yeah. everyone has the same fucking reference points and that's that's the answer there mm. yeah totally and yeah. It, and and the reference point thing man i i had a big experience with my reference point and it changed my whole reference point on life everything and that was psychedelics man when i had my my first real experience with psychedelics and it changed my whole reference point and how I view everything, mm. how I view, how I pro perceive information, process, how I regurgitate information. Um, yeah, the things I hold dear. Yeah, it just changed that. That that was 
that I think that was the single biggest chain turning point in my life mm. was trying psychedelics. Mm. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. We'll get in. Uh, we'll get. We'll definitely get into that as well. Get into that. Um, but yeah, how much of an impact do you think boxing has had on your self discipline and mental health? Like, do you think your life would would look like it is now if you didn't pick up the craft in the first place? <clears throat> I probably wouldn't be here, to be honest. Mm. To be honest, if I could, if I could break it, I, I probably wouldn't be here. Oh, I'd be here in a much different shell form. I'd be here in a much different form if I didn't have boxing. It saved my life. It, yeah. and, uh, and you know how people say, oh, yeah, it saved my life. Like a lot of people say it and you hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it just rolls off the tongue because you heard it so But I 150% believe that I either wouldn't be here or I wouldn't be, I, there's no way I'd be the human being, I am, the person I am today. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I agree. It's, it's yeah, it's so important to pick up something that you're passionate about and pick up a craft and, and hone in on it, man. Especially for with, sure. Yeah, with something a, like a sense ADHD. of identity too. Yeah, man. For sure. What about you? What about your? What are, What are you into? You're a bit. You're into rapping, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, hip hop. I've seen uh, a little bit. I've seen a little bit of your. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I, I think like that's how we got in touch. Like, I think. I my, think I commented on one of yeah, your videos because I said mine, I Wananga Kelly Nagus. He's an indigenous boxer that's as well. Right. He's one of my like, one of my best mates, and um, yeah, I remember someone contacted him. So you spoke to someone, someone contacted him from the Dream Time Fighters. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then some and then you commented on my things. That's how I knew. I was like, yeah, they're definitely yeah. they're definitely Yeah, watching yeah, that's right. That's but, right. Um, yeah, yeah, for me. Funny man, how life works. It is, yeah. For me, it was like, yeah, a lot of partying, a lot of like got got a job when I was younger that that just didn't didn't fulfill me at all, you know. And then having that look, I yeah, I don't know if I have ADHD or what, but I've got a lot of energy and you know, if you don't have something to channel that into that you're passionate about, then it's easy to get led astray, you know. Um, so, yeah, went through the years of, of the usual story and then sort of just found hip-hop and found, yeah, I mean, heaps of different shit, like wellness and training. And oh, Muay Thai, I've been training for six years, but with the partying and all that, I couldn't really commit to it, you know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. But still super passionate about it. And, and, yeah, in the last two years, sort of just... Yeah, I've been really, really training, grinding and growing and trying to just spread the message and making music and yeah, it's been it's been good, man. I can feel the wheel the wheels really turning and, and connecting with a lot of people, you know, on a good on a good note and it's it's feeling like feeling like the right thing to do, you know. Um mm. but so for those who don't know, you represented Australia at the the 08 Olympics. How was the journey of getting to that point and then finally competing? Like what was going on in your head, man? Like at that time. Like it's an it's an amazing feat. And I'm sure you've mm. spoken about this heaps, but a lot of people, you know, probably wouldn't know. Harry Garside, you know, just just walking the same path and getting yeah. bronze and you know, I oh, really man. I was chatting to him all through that. Um, uh, so not through the him. whole camp. Yeah. Not through the whole camp, but when he got over there, because he because I as a lot of people, um, a lot of people probably don't know, I the first uh, Indigenous artist to design an Indigenous uh, item, like a uniform for mm. the Summer Olympic team. The Paralympic mm. team had a had a thing, but the Summer Olympic team. So I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity, and um, he, uh, the whole boxing team, out of like respect for me, end up getting a photo with them, like Paulo, Alex, uh, Harry. Um, mm. 
and Sky and uh, Katie, um, they all got a photo. Thanks very much, like legends too. And uh, Mark and, and Mark as well. Mark Wilson took me to World Juniors. The coach, he was actually one of the coaches for the Olympics, the Australian Olympic team. He he took me to the World Juniors where I won a bronze medal. And he's won. How's this? He's won a medal at every major tournament tournament he's been through since mine. So I started his run of medals yeah, at, nice. at the thing. My was the first, I was the first one for Mark. Shout out to Mark. But yeah, I was chatting to Harry through that and um, through his process there, and him being a southpaw as well. We mm. Tried to give him a few tips. Um, oh, you're a southpaw. Yeah, you are a southpaw. Uh, yeah, I, I gave him a couple of tips. Maybe he used it. I'll, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll let him say whether he did or didn't. But yeah, um, yeah to watch that and uh, to experience, like, you know, I've had to, I've, I've got to experience the journey of like making the Olympics and then competing at the Olympics. Mm. And then being involved with the Indigenous Advisory Committee for the Olympics now with like um, with like Nova Paris Kneebone and another boxer, uh, Brad Hall, who went to the Olympics. He went mm-hmm. to two Olympics actually for Australia. Um, and a few like uh, uh, who are the other guys? Patrick Johnson and that, like like a few other guys um, that are on the on the panel. And uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be involved in that side of it and then you know, designing a you know, a piece of clothing for it and seeing it at the Olympics and the skateboarder who won the gold medal, mm. the Aussie one, he was wearing my shirt when yes. he won the gold medal there. Mm. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's feel, history that's, there. That is history, bro, 100% it is. That is history. First yeah. Olympic gold medal for skateboarding yeah. ever won and it was won in my uniform I designed. Yeah. yeah. How's that feel? Oh, man, like it's just another thing, eh? Just another thing on the bucket list. Another, no, not on the bucket list, but another, another thing to tick off that to say, oh, you know. And it, listen, to see the pride in my kids' faces more, my kids' faces, and how proud they are, and see the joy in it, it means more than when I achieved it. Hundred percent. If that makes sense. Definitely. Did you speak to Harry on the phone? Because man, I back Harry to the hills. Like I was never one for social media when I was younger. Like I actually yeah. despised it. But the way he gets, and and I've realised it's a good way to be able to you know, project shit you want to talk about, but he seems like a real, real positive, you know, positive intentions yeah. and he has a good heart and yeah, I really, yeah. really back him. Yeah. Well, I, 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 we left, we sent voice like recordings to each other yeah. and uh, just every, every day I was just wishing him luck. Yeah. How's the weight, mate? Just, you know, just little things that I would listen. They're just little things that I would not, when I went, no one really gave a fuck. Like mm. the social media wasn't, wasn't that big then. Mm. And you know, like 2008. I mean, Facebook was around, but it mm. wasn't really massive. Massive. Like Instagram wasn't around then. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I remember my, I was in random MySpace, MySpace was dope, days, bro. man. We used to edit it and put your song on yeah, there. Yeah, that. bro. Top five friends, oh, like. Oh, yeah, man, that's crazy. Bring back MySpace. Bring back MySpace. Oh, but didn't who bought it? Didn't Justin Timberlake buy a MySpace? Oh, someone knows, bought MySpace. Bro. Someone, someone bought it. I, I can't remember who it was. Someone bought it. I think someone famous. Let's bring but, it back. Um, yeah, man. I, I like all, all the fighters. I was sending them messages like that. I that I knew and that mm. always liking this. I follow all of them. Uh, I didn't speak to Paulo because I don't really. I haven't really made that connection. But I share like his stuff and and same as Katie Parker. I don't really know mm. her in that way. Mm. I remember Sky Nicholson like. She was like a little tiny girl. I used to go to her, her um, 
brother and dad's gym and, and do training there, train local brothers, a trainer as well, amateur coach and all that. So, you know, I used to go there and spar their guys and Sky Nicholson was like a little girl. And now all of a sudden she's like the face of, you know, one of the faces of Australian amateur boxing is crazy. Mm. It's crazy to see the progression. And I just hope I can, you know, help in some way, whether it's just sharing the message or, you know, like I've got, I've got cool ideas with merch and that. So I'm helping out a few guys with some ideas with merch. I've got some connections over overseas and some with some designers. So, you know, you can't have a name like Showtime without having the most fire merch. You wait to see the next stuff I've got coming out. It's fire, man. Yeah, so. I, look, I look forward to seeing it, man. Who were, uh, who do you think some of your main influences and mentors in life and in sport? Like, um, who are some of the main people who've made the biggest impact on you, bro, in the early years and, and just in general that you can remember? Man, I think I was never one to look at other famous people for inspiration. Like, that was never like, that was never something that I – like, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's cool, but I never really looked toward to that. Um, I had a few people that stand out that really – like, I was like, oh, that really made an impression. Um, I had a teacher in, in primary school when I, when I moved school. I was having a lot of trouble at my old school and I moved school and he was the footy coach as well mm. and I was mad into footy. So I fell in, I fell in love with him and, like, mm. he was, like, my footy coach and my teacher. And so that was pretty cool. And he, he – he, Mr. Hamill was his name. And then it was another teacher in high school, Mr. Stevens, Paul, Paul Stevens. He had the same first name as mine. And he, um, he was just a straight-up follow. And he told me to fuck off out the room. Right? So like, just like he just like called me. A dick. He was my home group teacher. So in the yeah. morning, you're signing your role. Yep. And then, yeah, I was playing up. He called me a dickhead or you want to be a dickhead? The piss or like, something like that. And I was like, it took me back. It kind of was like, I never heard a teacher speak like that. And I was like, huh? And me and him, like, me and him hit it off then. And yeah, from then. So that was another big big experience and change of point. And that's some of the trainers I've had over the times, like they've all helped and, and um, help experience, like help with their, I've, I've gained experience from them and knowledge and, and stuff. So yeah, it's, there's been a lot of people, but never really anyone famous, you know, I've mm. never really been into that sort of thing. Totally, man. And my boy, mama. <laughs> my baby woke up, my little baby. Come, come say hello. Yeah, bring her in. Hello. He is the, look at this one. Hey, look at him. <laughs> He's like, as it, listen, listen. The one thing about me is I may over exaggerate a little bit, but I'm re, I'm fucking 90% spot on. Look at this kid. As if he ain't the best looking little kid. Look at that. It's so cute. He is, he is so, oh, as if he ain't. Look at him. God. He's the cutest thing in the world, isn't he? He's one of the cutest kids I've ever seen, for sure. Oh he is definitely, God. and, he's, and his name means rainbow. His name means rainbow. What's his his name's Jamani, which is rainbow. Jamani. In, in one of my languages in Waka Waka means rainbow. He's just out of that. Get him some food for me, Bubba. Oh, my God. He's adorable, bro. Congrats on producing producing some some... Some glorious. I've got a heap of them. That's my oldest one that I've won. She's the she's this one. She's a she's a brainy freak. She's running the show. Oh, she's 
I just let her do her thing. She got the baby on the hip. She baths him and look, it's crazy. Like to see well, where she like, oh man, she's she's freakish that kid. Like I just I I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did right, mm. but I haven't been able to re- redo it again with this <laughs> other four. <form. laughs> First time lucky. First time lucky. Mate, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be if you're gonna get the bullseye, you get it on my first, you yeah. know. I should have maybe I should have just went just mic dropped and just went yeah, <laughs> totally. but, but they just way. kept sneaking, they just kept sneaking in. I, every time my missus come in, she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? I don't know. Just kept happening. <laughs> Going like rabbits, bro. <laughs> um Yeah, um, so you're saying mentors, man, and yeah. Like a gym's a mad, a mad place for him. Like even over the years, I was saying I was partying oh, a lot, man. but cool. I was still training, you know. And like I had this mm. Russian trainer called Laurie, and I'm a Southpaw as well. So he was always trying to fucking Southpaw shit. He, he was like, I always had, I always hashtag my Southpaw friend <laughs> yeah, hashtag yeah, Southpaw yeah. shit. And he goes, he's like, he's like, look, look, you need to fucking stop fucking around. Like you need to fucking, you know, stop what you're doing. You're wasting talent here. And like, you know, they're always trying to guide. Like they're like a counselor and a psychologist and a mentor all in one. You know, it's like that's what's yeah, the sick oh, part about cool. running a gym, being a being a trainer and stuff like that. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so, why do why do like Russians and Germans like <laughs> fucking so much? They love that word, bro. Saying it, my <laughs> my my national coach was German. Yeah, and they put fuckings in where there's no, and they 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 put ings and s. Yeah, and they add yeah. in where there doesn't need to be a fuckings. Yeah. 100%. Your fucking's running fuckings. They right. double fucking. You don't he, need to uh, fucking double fucking one word in between. Yeah. He took over. He took he took over this gym from someone else, right? And on his first day, he come in and you got a picture of him. He's like staunching around the gym, like stalking around. He's got all these navy tattoos and like a skin head. He's like, I'm not here to play games. I'm not here to fucking make comedies. I'm here to teach you how to fucking fight and kill someone. <laughs> You're a machine. Yeah. You're an absolute machine. Yeah. But, yeah, but then, knows. but then when they, but when they kind of, they kind of over the years, they kind of settle back down. Yeah. It's weird. Like a lot of Europeans, when they come over here, they're very like, oh, it's, it's just how they are. It Even is, when man. they talk. It is. They're, they're very vicious when yeah. they talk. It's like swords into you. It's that cultural, it's that cultural oppression you were, you were talking about before. You know? Man, yeah. you know why they talk like that? Because it's so fucking cold out <laughs> there all the time. So they don't have time to sit and have, hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, up there, it's fucking, well, it's fucking hot. Up in Queensland, they just want to air themselves out and just yeah. sit out and the, they want to be out. Oh, well, fuck, it's hot out here, mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm fucking yeah. Like, There, they don't have time. They want to get back in their house. They just want to go, yeah, fuck, fucking fuck, you'll go. I was, um, I'm Irish born, like I was born in Dublin and lived over there for eight years. So I know it's, uh, I don't blame the fuckings, you know, it's that cold. I mean, that's not even Russia. I'm pretty sure Russia's way colder, but. Uh, I've been yeah, to Russia. I've been to Siberia. Enough. Yeah. But um, we've Minus spoken. 22 when I went there. Yeah. So it is way colder. We've spoken off air about your relationship with uh, marijuana and psychedelics, like especially DMT and the benefits they've had on your life. Can you tell us about, if you feel like it, some of those experiences and what, it, what, it, what you believe they've done for your life and consciousness and, and anything else you want to sort of add? Yeah, man. That's that, like like I said, it's been the biggest turning point in my life. I was at the I was at the lowest point I've ever really been at, you know, a couple of years ago. I never really had depression, never really suffered with anything like that. I'd always kind of had a goal and always kind of been doing stuff. And 
and I kind of hit this rut in my life for the first time where I never really had a goal and, you know, goal and my, my missus went back to work and, and I was at home mostly all the time and, you know, having just the whole kind of home environments resting on your shoulders and that it's a big, it's a big, um, it's a big ask, man, for anyone. I hats off to anyone that does the full, full time role at home, man, because it's such a, it's such a fucking tough job. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you don't get a lunch break. Lunch break ain't at twelve o'clock when you when you want to take a lunch break at home. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't even get lunch, and especially, you know, I'm lucky with my wife downstairs looking after kids and and my daughter. Lucky I've got my daughter, but um. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be able to be up here having this conversation. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to, to have someone. But and, and I went through that that kind of really low patch and, you know, suicidal at times. Mm. Not not suicidal as in, as in planning edge. it or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Like nothing like that. But just, just lost thinking, hope. Like, lost oh, hope. Things would be, yeah, like just think, fuck, if I just was, went asleep and and never woke up, then this is just, like, made, like, and just weird things like that. I mean, like, fuck, I wonder if death is, like, you know, you start thinking, you start about, thinking, about, you start thinking yep. about death a lot more and, yep. and, and they're just really morbid and dark and sort of, like, everything has a dark nuance to yep. it. And, yep. you know, it's, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was my experience with it. And I was kind of looking, reaching out for something and, you know, I watched a lot of Joe Rogan, just like every young man has. He's, you know, who ha- if you don't know who Joe Rogan is and, and you're a young man in this country, then I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And even in America, like every Joe Rogan's one of the biggest international stars in the world, like you'd have to say. 100%. Um, and uh, I watching a lot of his stuff and I heard him talk about DMT a lot and, you know, psychedelics and mushrooms and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I got my chance to to try DMT for the first time a few years back and it, it changed my life, you know, mm. it really did change my life. Mm. Was that a little chocolate? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Okay. Be good. Shut my door, please. That's my other son. Come say hello for a second. Listen, look at that. Oh, yeah. This fella's good looking too. Look at that good looking. He's older, but look at that good looking. This fella is. Hello. He's a good looking. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, brother? Say so, hey. Hi. What's What's keep your name? Keep an eye, keep an eye and an ear out on this, this one. Kid is going to play NRL. NRL. Yeah. He reckons. Well, NRL on TV. He, he already plays NRL, but he's going to play NRL. On Look TV, forward to reckon, it. So. As the head of hair hey, on him, bro. Oh, yeah. We've been growing it ever since birth. Bro, right. <laughs> Take that to Bella and tell her mum's. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Um, yeah, so how, yeah, how though? Crazy. Like, what, 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 what sort of experiences were they? Like, what did you take from them? Oh. It's, it's, it's so hard to kind of put into words and comprehend it's just like it's like meeting god and having a conversation to god with god and seeing like seeing god it's like that experiencing something that's be 
beyond our reality English, completely. Well, well, the things are beyond our it's beyond what we know exists, right? So mm. there's no, you think about the English language. The English language is designed for things that we can understand and comprehend. Mm. These things and these experiences, the our English language doesn't have the ability to grasp it. We don't have words to explain it. They don't 100%. exist because these things don't exist in our world. Yep. So it's it's so hard to explain. You know, you can explain it on the most rudimentary, like the most simplest level ever. Mm. Like they and and yeah, it just doesn't do it justice. So I just. Until someone's done it, I just I, I can't be bothered getting into the discussion of it anymore because they just can't comprehend it. Totally. Yeah. Well, for me personally, like it's the One way. Second. Yeah, you're right. There we go. Yep. We're back on now. Gotcha, Sorry, brother. guys. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, like from a from a personal level, like you can't explain the experiences themselves, but it's the the ripple effect and the residue afterwards. Now. Like oh. breaking down social barriers, old belief systems, ways of living that don't serve me. Like, you know, for example, your, you know, your dad's rigid way of thinking and, and rigid old beliefs that don't actually serve us anymore and deeper connection to the planet and purpose and everyone on it, self-love, compassion. You know, there's a lot of tools. <clears throat> there are, yeah, there are a lot of tools that, as well that have been used, but for sure to get to that point, but they've had a massive impact personally. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Them, them big experiences. So you're talking about the ripple. Yeah. Well, like what you said, the ripple mm. effect in your life after it, yeah. that you can easily explain. And that was, you know, just a, the way, the main way I explain it was my reference point shifted from out of a box and the box just evaporated. Mm. They no longer existed. Mm. So you know, our reference point in our decision-making, our choices, like decision-making choices, our mindset, you know, it's all based on things we're taught, things we experience, um, things we've seen with our eyes, tasted, touched, listened to. So that's how we base all of our decisions, decision-making and view of the world. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But then you, then you experience this thing that just is so far beyond any of them experiences you can't it's 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 more than touch taste hear see smell it's more than you know you feel feelings there that you've never felt mm. like you know you know the normal feelings like sadness happiness joy like all these things and in between you feel feelings there that don't exist mm. like you, you communicate there in these dimensions whatever these things you'd mm. experience things there that just make you question everything that you've been taught and learned and seen before mm. and you know we're, we're taught a lot of things and, and not a lot of the things are good and 100%. we experience a lot of things and we're fed a lot of things and that, we that see a, a lot feed of a consumerist society and, oh, and a capitalist society so it's disgusting and yeah. you know what it's, it's it's the funniest thing we talk about it because people talk about like 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 look for instance right let me let me blow your fucking mind for a second look where the agenda was in the media go back after 9 11 so from 9 11 to covid 
It was terrorist. Terrorists were everywhere, everything, everything we breathed. Be scared, be scared. Bollards, people are crashing into us. What are we going to fuck? Now when? Now that would that consumed our every being mm-hmm. from 9-11 to we were like racist towards people. We were shut down, they shut down mosques, do this, this, right. that. Now that is all gone. Mm-hmm. It's not even a tra- it's not even a trace. I couldn't even go on Facebook or social media without seeing something about Islam or racist or that. Where's that gone now? 100 percent bro. It's fucking gone because it's not the agenda anymore. Yep. No one look, look at this. Look at look at this. Remember when Save the Children was around and it was all the Je- Jeffrey Epstein thing and Save the Children. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna?" For one, child sex slavery has been the biggest commodity for hunt for as long as you could remember. Mm. As long as the, before we can even grasp that's been a thing, but all of a sudden now it's a thing. It happens in third world countries. That's a way of life there. Mm. Right. And it was such a big thing. Now where? No one gives a fuck about the children no more. Where's Black Lives Matter now? Mm. Well, black lives don't matter no more. But mm. you so you're telling me black lives only matter when a black person gets choked out or shot or by a police officer and or it something. goes viral. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it goes viral. Unless the you so you're telling me unless a camera catches it and it gets on the news. Mm. And there's an agenda behind it, then black lives don't matter. Mm. And which black lives don't matter? Which black lives? Do African black lives matter? Do 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 brown lives in in South Korea? Did you watch that podcast of uh, oh Joe my Rogan? Fucking God, bro! That is the most. That bro. is, and you know what? That I watch. I haven't got through all of it, but I've watched a, a lot of it with that that lady who escaped <sighs> South Korea. And that's, you know what, I'm looking at that and I'm watching that. I'm like, wow, that's funny. But then I'm, but then I kind of realize it's like everything that you can think of that's horrible is happening right now. 100%. So you did, and that's just one story. Mm. That's just one story. Mm. Everything that you can think of right now, there's horrible things happening, Mm. but there's the most amazing things happening. There's the most, there's babies being born. A father gets to hold his daughter for the first time, like me. That was the biggest, one of the biggest, that was another biggest change. In our reality, that's in our reality, you know. In our reality, exactly. And then their reality, they don't, like, finding a, for her, finding a snake was, like, like the craziest thing. Finding grasshoppers. I know, man. And that's happening. And listen, that's not even meant to be a third world country. That's meant to be one of the strongest, most powerful nuclear countries in the world mm. and they're living like that and his main export is Brother. weapons meth and fucking <laughs> like it's like it's, it's, who hasn't killed this cunt do you know what i mean i don't I, how is he but, not but, dead you know that's just one and uh, hey do you know what the crazy thing is <sighs> that's just the one that we know mm. that's the one that we semi know. We don't probably even know. Like we we've heard from her, but there's probably he's probably done even worse stuff than that mm. than what they've just been done. But there's he's only one, and mm. this is the uh, I don't know. I mean, do you focus on that, or do you try and focus on the good? Do you try and focus? It, it's it's you do you do. I that, mean, for me, man, it's about balance and it's about knowing what's going on, so you you're not going to be misled. 
and mm. thinking mm. outside the box, man, and listening to it. Like, yeah. that's the best thing you spoke about, Joe Rogan, and things like this, like platforms where now it's not just that's, – that's where we're breaking the link is because it's not mainstream media being fed into our head every day. We have the opportunity to go online and, and resource the information if we want to. You know, like, for example, like, it's insane how – the media and government have portrayed the tools we're talking about, as in the psychedelics, for example, that may not work for everyone. I'm not saying that it will, but they're being, you know, they've been portrayed as you'll lose your mind and never come back. You know, meanwhile, they're selling cigarettes and alcohol. That's obviously, it's depending on how you choose them as well. But, you know, um, a lot of the time it's fighting and depression juice and it's culturally accepted as a normal things to do. Like time and time again, you hear of stories, let's say Jimmy breaking up and, you know, altercations of separation and family and Jimmy wrapping his car around a fucking pole, Dave King hitting Kevin, dying down the pub, you know. And then it's oh, like, man. then it's the classic story of, yeah, oh, he was on the piss. Oh, he was on the piss. It's like, what, what what's that? You know what I mean? Like, how is that? I mean, I mean. It's such a it, – it, listen, I'm a logical person. Mm. I try and base my stuff. I try and keep an open mind mm. and make my decisions based on what's presented what in front of me yeah. and what could possibly – we don't know, the information that we don't know, yeah, just of yet because, you know, that, that happened. Before they were saying cigarettes were good for you. Exactly. Good for your stress now. Yeah, gives you, yeah. And so, 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 so there's things that we may not know yet, mm. right, but mm. we know – that cigarettes and alcohol are, are way worse, like the worst things ever. They are the, the alcohol. Like me, myself, I am that person who cannot drink alcohol. You yeah. ask anyone who knows me, has yeah. been around me when I'm drunk, I am the biggest wanker on the pest, pest ever. Mm. Like I'm terrible. So I don't drink. I think I've drank once in the last five years. Mm. Um, I, I I used marijuana. I've got a I've got a prescription for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got medical, um, and it it helps me, man. It helps me. It honestly does. It helps mm. with my mental health. Um, and anyone that knows me over the last two years can see how much I've achieved over the last two years, yeah. and that is. All largely do, dude. Like psychedelic, exactly. Like listen to that, and then you've got Xanax, opioids, stuff you become completely dependent on. Yet it's like, don't take these; you'll jump out of a window or end up in a ward. Like, and I'm not saying there's no risk in taking them, but from personal experience, like it's a start for a better future, you know. And and yeah, it's it's. Listen, a, have you ever taken a Zenny? Yeah, I have, man. I had, yeah, I had a lot. They of, are, yeah. They to, to think that they give them out to people a box of 20 something of them to people that aren't mentally sound in their mind is absolutely fucking preposterous to me. I can't Mm. understand that how you would give someone that you say is mentally unstable. These, that sort of powerful drug. I don't, Mm. I don't understand that where we, like you said, weed isn't meant for everyone. My wife's got a prescription, uh, uh, a prescription for weed is medical weed as well. Mm. She got it, tried it. She's got a chronic disease. She got it, tried it. She absolutely fucking hates it. Well, and I was she doesn't say as like well. It. Yeah, it's not like I'm backing all these things because I actually personally can't smoke cannabis. It doesn't work for me. But I'm a small percentage yeah, on a go. spectrum, you know, and I'm not writing that off just like psychedelics, yeah. you know what I mean? For, for yeah, other but 100%, mm. brother. But, but my wife is just, uh, like, she can literally get it legally. Mm. She's got a prescription. And she doesn't because it doesn't mix well with it. Why mm. can't people make like we we let these we let people make a decision on how much alcohol? Well, not even a decision. Mm. You can go to the you can literally go to the bottle and spend 
$10,000 on alcohol and drink yourself to death. Mm. And they won't even know that. And they'll go like this. Oh. <laughs> they go like that. Oh, yeah. Like they, they, they don't give a fuck. 100%. But you're saying that you care. Wait, you're saying that you care about me smoking cannabis, mm. which has medical benefits, which there are some. They, they, you weigh up the the pros the, and cons. the, the mm. what's the pros and cons of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are some negative effects of it, a hundred percent. And if them negative effects outweigh the positives, then guess what? You make a fucking adult decision and, and you do don't it. do the shit. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Like like yeah. why can we let people we, we don't even give the people that up mm. well, we just let people do whatever the fuck want with alcohol. Yeah. Just go drink it. Yeah. But with that, we're like don't even touch it. Don't even look at it. Mm. Don't even smell it. Don't mm. even this. And it, it's alcohol's no one to kill you. You can't OD from weed. Mm. You can't OD from weed. You may, you may act like you're dead. You may fall asleep. <laughs> your mouth open, a drool everywhere, and you may like have twisties all over your chest, and you fall asleep like that, <laughs> drooling, and your missus is like, "Can have to kick you off the couch to get upstairs." Yeah. But you're not That's dead. personal experience. You love twisties, bro. <laughs> Like, bro, twisties are like if I'm eating twisties, I know I'm gonna be sick. Like I just they they're them food that you just know. I know when I got a pat, bag of twisties that I'm yeah. gonna feel like shit, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I just know twisties yeah, is like so bad. Yeah. Listen, and that's what we talk about, like alcohol and shit. What about food? The processed sugars, oh. <laughs> like like pro brother, processed sugars, insanity. Are like little little <laughs> bullets of death. Like yeah. they're, they're horrible, but you know what? I love processed yeah. sugar. You know, man. you know what I cracks fuck. me up, right? Relating to what you're saying is like the footy. Yeah, these sporting events. They got KFC. They got fucking Forex Gold. They've got these sponsors that are that are branded all over it. It's like, do you like you know what I mean? What message are you trying to McDonald's, KFC, Domino's. Oh my god. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then, and these are the kids. These are the people. Like you look like. There's no denying alcohol is like absolutely. It's horrible. Mm. It's fucking. It's terrible. Mm. Look at this. But stuff. we have these people that our kids look up to wearing the wearing it mm. and seeing it. And mm. you got like, you know, I know that they don't have a. They can't do anything about it because if you're not doing it, then you're not playing footy. You're not making your living. Mm. But I don't know. It's such a. It's such a. We live in a weird time, and man. then again, we man, it feeds it feeds that whole industry time, because people go there, they buy their beers, they do you know they do their work during the week, and then they have the little free time on the weekend to go and watch people running around and and you know like going back to the jumping cliffs theory. Like, I, I was actually going to ask you if you haven't done this, I'd like to you know talk to you more about it off air. But there's no mention of the benefits of going to like a controlled environment with a facilitator who's highly experienced and trained in the field and navigating the journeys and getting an opportunity to dive deeper than you've ever gone internally in a safe environment and facing things in your subconscious that you never would have had the chance to and unravel trauma and thoughts that you generally wouldn't have access to. You know, like that's that's massive in itself. Like if people are too afraid yeah. to, to do it at home, there are people, obviously not. Oh, like you're not going to find them on Google. But fucking, yeah, you can find them, you know. Um, it's massive in America at the moment. Mm. Uh, they're using uh, MDMA to treat depression mm. and they're using uh, magic mushrooms with uh, post-traumatic stress. There, there's literal, you, there's, there's studies and trials on it. Mm. And you can go over, this is the crazy thing. In this country, we call ayahuasca or DMT or magic mushrooms 
a mm. drug. Mm. But you go to South America, it's a fucking medicine. medicine. Mm. So which one, like, who's to say? Mm. Like, maybe I feel a little bit more South American, motherfucker. I don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel westernized. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a, dr- a totally. drug. I feel like yeah. I need some motherfucking medicine. So I want some motherfucking South American medicine. Yeah. How about that? Because your medicine you give me, I'm either going to fucking overdose on it, become addicted to it, or jump off a fucking building and kill myself. Yeah, totally. So give me the chance and opportunity. Why don't you give me the free choice to make my decision what road I want to go down? And how about we start treating drugs? Like, how can we can treat people that are addicted to cigarettes or people that are addicted to gambling or Mm. alcohol as addicts and we treat them as if they have a mental health? Mm. But someone that's been through maybe the most traumatic experiences that they've ever like you could ever experience as a child like i know some people that are that are drug addicts and have had the most terrible things happen to them Mm. but have never had any help with that so they self-medicate so who are you to say that to cast judgment upon this person you don't know a fucking day you you probably couldn't survive one fucking day in this person. My wife struggles with mental health. I've mm-hmm. watched it, man. I've struggled with it a little bit myself. So not, I. I'm not, mm. and, and and it's and it's and it is the most darkest horror. And I've only had like a little, like a little taste, mm-hmm. like a eyedropper. Some mm-hmm. people have the the biggest demons. <clears throat> uh, they have a they have Hades full of demons, mm. and they just try to escape that the best way that they fucking possibly can. Totally, man. Who are we to judge, man? 100%. Why don't we start treating? Why don't we start treating them like they have an addiction and mm. try and treat them like they have a mental health and treat the root of the problem? Why are they turning to drugs to 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 try and satisfy themselves to feel happy to feel loved? What of what's their deep seated issue? Why are they turning to that? Mm. Why do mm. they rely on that for self satisfaction, for love, mm. for affection? Mm. Not, not. Oh, look at this fucking scumbag! Let's throw him in jail. He's a piece of shit. Mm. Look at him; he's a drug addict. He made that choice. Fuck him. Why do we? Why don't? What? Where's the empathy, brother? Yeah. I don't know. I just. I'm. And then there's mm. another aspect. It's like, yeah, with the journeys that we're talking about, is is for for on a personal level, and you've already said the same. It's like having one of those experiences and me walking away, and I can guarantee that I've worked through shit during those times that no longer exist in my reality. I've I've changed ways of living and behavioral patterns from those experiences you know what i mean and like if that's what's happening and people are getting those experiences why isn't you know there more studies being put into it and why what you know because it's not they can't make money out of it man you know what i mean it's a one-time thing or a two-time thing or a three-time thing rather than getting a prescription for um weekly or monthly medications you know what i mean and renewals well yeah you you may have one session of ayahuasca and never need it ever again work Mm. through all your set all your stuff and then what there's another baby come hello this is the, this is another baby come <laughs> this is another baby hey he's a good looking one too. look at him <laughs> he's got blonde curly hair i don't know where he gets that from postman hey what's your name say jolly jolly boy oh, oh the whole posse's on the whole posse's in it's a party the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah crazy crazy experiences like yeah. you know just it can just change it can change people's lives you know yeah. it can honestly change people's lives and the thing is as well, and- yeah it's been spoken about a lot right now and it's like it's it's like it is being spoken about in certain 
like places right now and people can say that's what's hot right now but the thing is is it's been used for so long that yeah. the proof's in the pudding you know what i mean there's a reason why these cultures have gone back and used it for so long but i wanted to ask you how do you feel about sort of mainstream media and television and news outlets and the messages they send out day in and day out like um yeah it's sort of a joke you know what i mean like i tell you they all have an agenda you literally look how could you trust them when they do stuff like they did with black lives with black lives matter with the with the jeffrey epstein thing they push an agenda brother that's all they do they push an agenda and once that agenda is no longer they can't serve them purpose then it goes and for me i feel that this has all been for a reason i don't I'm not a kid. Listen, I think COVID's a real thing. I think it's a, I think I think it's a legit real thing. People are dying and and and, and it is a legit thing. Totally. 100%. The way the way they've handled it and the way it's been handled and the information that's getting out there about it mm. is like like this is the thing. You can find anything to support any side of any argument you ever want anywhere you can find people that agree on either side mm. of everything yeah and that's what they just do you can you can go on the opposite side the people said yo don't get this vaccine don't do this and there's legitimate doctors that have come out and talked against it mm. but then you've got legitimate doctors that talk for it and you got doctors that say this this that information about it mm. that contradict that one so i mean it's it's just it's just it's just another split, isn't it? Mm. It's just another split down the middle. And now we're not split by skin color, race, religion, ethnicity. Gender. We're split by mm. people that agree or people that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Comply, mm. compliant, and uncompliant. Yeah, Is uncompliant yeah, a word? Non, yeah, non-compliant. Yeah, yeah. Non-compliant. Non-compliant. Yeah, non-compliant. So you got non-compliant people compliant. and you got yeah, compliant yeah. people now. And, and 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 it's not based on race, religion, skin mm. color, or nothing now. And that's one thing I've seen pop up a lot. Like mm. I'll post though, like I'm an outspoken person. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me mm. or anything. Like I'm so you know what them kids that you've seen running there and my wife, they're the only people that really care about their opinion. Mm, totally. Man. So I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. I'll say whatever I want. I'll post whatever I want. I'll say it because I'm not worried about the backlash. I'm not worried about what people think of me, mm. but it's just like people just, it, it just, it's just too much, man. They're like, they, there's so much hate either direction. It's like, uh, like you want to get it, get it. You don't want to get it, don't get it. Yep. You believe it's this, believe it's that. But there's so much segregation and separation mm. between it. And then, you know, people, the vaccinated people, the people that are doing the right thing are looking at the people that aren't know, doing man. it. Going, oh, you're holding us back. Fuck. No. People that are like, well, mm. motherfucker, you can take the risk because I don't know what the fuck. How can I believe what they're saying when they change what they're saying every three fucking seconds? Mm. Like, you can be the this is my mindset on it right i don't know where the stand i don't know what information like because you got so much professionals on mm. one side okay you go bar okay love you <laughs> okay you go bar okay. yeah. see i love you <laughs> love you too shut the door so you got like um as I was saying, people on one side supporting it, people on the other side not supporting it. Mm. But the, the the animosity and like 
it, it's fucking crazy. And back to what I, I figured out what I was saying about my mindset with it is, mm. I don't want to take the risk for myself. Mm. I know it. I know it's given blood clots. I know that I'm a healthy dude. So if I get it, there's a good chance. There's a, I'm going to survive. I'm mm. not going to, I'm going to be sweet. Totally. You know what I mean? The, 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 the vaccine has been causing problems. Listen, I've gotten the influenza flu shot before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the flu shot before. So, but if the flu shot was killing as many people as it was there, there's no way I'd fucking get it. Mm-hmm. If they were telling me that it like normal people, are dying, buddy, you're telling me that normal people, healthy people are dying from the flu shot. I wouldn't be like, fuck it. I'll risk it. The flu. Cause I've had the flu mm-hmm. and I beat the thing and I didn't end up in hospital. That's the same thing with me and Corona. I, I like, have a go. I'm fit. I'm healthy. If I get it, I'm going to beat it. But I don't want to run the risk of the blood clot. Mm. I don't want to run the risk of adverse side effects coming from immunizations that I may not, that we may not know about yet. Mm. So I'll let everyone else be the guinea pig and do their thing. Yeah. You only got to get 80%. So the 80, I'll be the 20% that doesn't. And I have the right to be able to do that. 100%. Shouldn't right. I have mm. the right? Yeah, 100%. Everyone's got the right to Without make persecution. Without alienation. Without alienation, without persecution. Mm. Brother, this is starting to like, when you start doing this shit, it starts getting down a really fucking slippery road, Mm. man. Start Mm. taking people's rights away. Start Mm. saying people can't work because of this, because of a choice. Mm. Because of a choice, man. That's not even proved to fucking, like Marx, right? They're not even proved to fucking work. Mm. Even Fauci, who's the head, of the investigation for World Health Organization, he said that. But but now but but now but now you're gonna find me a thousand dollars, and I'm at, wait. So I can't even walk out in open air, breathing openly with nothing around me. You got, I'm gonna wear it out in the out there. Oh. But if anyone's in my fucking breathing range, they're gonna whether I've got a mask on or any mm. or anything. Whether you're in, it's not airtight. So if I'm breathing out the fucking virus and you come in contact with my breathing mm. thing, with a mask on or not, you're gonna catch it. Bro. Oh, totally, bro. I got to send you this this thing I was just looking at before we before we got on the chat. But anyway, fucking yeah. We no, know- but I don't want to get. This is the thing. Like mm. I, I talk about it like I give a fuck about it. Mm. But mm. the thing is, I don't give a fuck. Mm. Like I, I like don't get my enthusiasm mixed up with the fact that i really care totally Totally, i just want to be able to do what i have want to be able to do what i do Mm. i want to be able to go out with my kids i want to be able to do that i'm not scared i'm not living my life scared of coronavirus because it kills people it kills the odd person that may be healthy but it kills predominantly people that are unhealthy I'm not, I'm not unhealthy. So, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll stay away from people. I won't go fucking coughing in people's faces. I won't go over people's houses and that, but I should be able to do walk around and breathe. You know, Mm. I mean, I should be able to do what I, you know, I I, I don't know. I just don't start to listen. You're starting to get like Nazi Germany. Starting to get like, Mm. starting to get like, you know, South Korea, man. These Mm. fucking, it's crazy. Rogan talks about it and the military on the streets and shit. It's mm. fucking crazy, man. It's it's crazy. And you know, I just I just stay in my bubble, man. That's I just it, you know, yeah, people yeah. ask it's me my opinion. A bubble, for if sure. people ask me my opinion, people ask me my opinion, I'll voice it. Mm. But I ain't talking about it like I really give a fuck because mm. I really don't. I mm. just want 
I just want to enjoy my life with my kids 100%. and be able to make money and be able to do have have freedom. Mm. That's all I give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck about vaccines. I don't give a fuck about legislations and laws and mm. all this shit, mandates and mandatory. I don't care about that. Do mm. what the fuck you want to do, but just let me live, man. Just let me live. That's all I care about. 100%, bro. All right, man. You were telling me, yeah, uh, and I agree. I totally agree with, with everything you said, man. I try and live in my own little bubble, but it's only now that I'm, yeah, locked down again. I'm like, what the fuck? Because I copped it for like seven months in Melbourne, and I was like, oh, now it's just bringing up. Yeah, you guys, you guys had a bad man. Yeah, man. But you were telling me you've gotten into art in recent years, and how did that come about, man? And how does that creative expression sort of make you feel? And tell tell me the journey on, um, yeah, with that. Well, back to the DMT experience, man. Mm. I can't, I can't explain it other than I smoked, I tried DMT, and then uh, three weeks later, I started painting. Um, never painted. Well, last time I painted was in year eight, and when you have to do every subject at high school. So, um, I don't know. I just had this urge to, I started doodling some stuff down and symbols and stuff. And I got a real good mate of mine, um, Shane Cookabara. Shane Cook, he's from uh, over south. I was there and he, um, he'd done a few designs for my boxing trunks and, and stuff like that. And I sent him over some sketches and like some fuck around things. He, and he was like, oh, they're sick. You should give it a go. And I'm like, no, I'm not a painter. I'm just doing this with the kids. Like, because I was working as a Aboriginal education officer at a school, like mentoring. And I was doing a bit of dancing at that time, like um, cultural dancing with, mm. with uh, one of the uncles, Uncle Ty and Joe Williams, I was telling you about. Um, so, yeah, I just sent him to him. And he's like, give it a go. And then it took me about a couple of weeks of him constantly nagging. And I got a canvas and I just fucked around on it. And I put it up on my Facebook and I sold it. And then I got people saying, oh, that's, how long have you been paying for? I'm like, that was my first one. They're like, oh, really? I'll have one. And then it just progressed and just rolled on from there and had a few guys, um, Otis, Otis Carey, he's a, a famous, uh, he's a surfer and a famous Indigenous artist. He, mm. he kind of mentored me and Josh Sly, another guy here. And there was a few, few real, um, a few real top, real top uh, artists in the country that kind of mentored me and, just just gave me a little bit of constructive criticism and just a little bit of a boost, you know, and helped mm. me out. And, um, yeah, I was, you know, it come at a time where, you know, I was experimenting a lot with, um, with psychedelics and, um, and then the art, and it really grew. I grew with it and it kind of brought in a little, brought in some money too so come at a good time you know it was it was lucrative for me and mm. but at the moment i'm taking a break from art i just haven't had that of the with drive. me yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta have that you you gotta be 100 percent committed to it and i never try and do a painting for someone that i wasn't 100 percent committed to because then it just that's the whole purpose of what i do is is passing on that like that culture and that yeah, story soul, and that that, that essence mm. of myself, mm. you know, and mm. and if I don't have that, I can't do it. Mm. You know, I can't do it. So I'm taking a break now, and mm. but I'm still, you know, I still got my my notebook full of designs and ideas, and I've still got that going. And I write up, it's crazy. I write out poems. I write out, I write out some lyrics. I just have to send you some of my lyrics. Yeah, definitely, there. bro. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to say as well, like it's crazy. You were saying the merch, but. And someone buying your art, like I can relate, man. When people buying the music, it's like music, yeah, same, same feeling. It's, it's like, what the fuck? Like people want to look at this, or people want to listen to this. You know, it's like 
that's yeah, it's a great purpose and it's a great the humbling, eh? It is, man. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, it's so, humbling. That you, you know, because when, when you look at yourself as, as you know, you don't a lot of time you don't see yourself as anything really important. Mm. And you know, coming from my life, you know, I never really see myself as anything really important. And then I remember, you know, the first my my first real girlfriend I ever really got, and um, I fell in love with her, you know, and. It was our first, and I think in my later years, I kind of realised it was, I fell so much in love with her because it was, it was the first time in my life that I really felt loved mm. and needed and, mm. and and appreciated. Someone wanted me around, like I wasn't just there, mm. you know, and, you know, I, I never got that from from my dad. And I think my mum tried at times, but she was, you got to remember, she was a an abuse, like she was a domestic, the definition of domestic violence victim. Mm, mm. Domestic Sorry to hear that, brother. Financial, mental, physical, everything. Like I witnessed it all. You know, like I said, if I had to go through that all again to end up here, mm. I, I fucking would, man. Mm. You know, so, you know, I can't look at that and go, oh, you know, because it, it honestly, it made me the person I am today. I don't think I would have, would have the resilience that I have. Mm. I think that's like, I just have no resilience and no fear because I think I felt fear so much as a child that I learned to deal with it and I learned. It's like it's like I, I picture my dad. Picture my dad as like an animal. You know how they say if you show fear to an animal, the yeah. animal will attack you more. Uh, yeah. Sort of thing. So I felt like in my head, if I showed him, because it was a very masculine, very like you know no no like i was never never could i have ever been gay if i was gay mm. never could have been gay mm. i never seen dad wash up vacuum he mm. never showered me never fed me never changed my nappy mm. not like that that sort of chauvinism yeah bro. and um yeah that sort of abuse sort of chauvinistic sort of lifestyle so you know i never really experienced that you know mum was just trying to survive her life that she was you know, she didn't choose that. And I've, mm. I've talked to her. It's weird. The mum I have now is the mum I grew up with. They're mm. two completely. I remember my dad passed away a few years ago now. And uh, I remember when I when I knew dad was going to pass away, you knew he was going to die. And the first thing that came to my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mum too. My mum, she doesn't know how to fucking do anything. Mm. How is she going to survive? Mm. What the fuck is she going to do? And she lived up in Cairns when Cyclone Yassi was around by herself, man. Oh, and with and and I got a I got a twenty one. My daughter, my my so my sister's twenty one now, twenty two this year, and she's got nonverbal autism. Mm. And my mum's been her full carer still to this day for wow. her whole life. Wow. And she like like and my mum's lived through Yassi, through floods and everything, stayed up there by herself. And now my mum now is like, it's just a different person, man. Mm. She's just like, I talk to her, I have these crazy conversations. We talk a lot about like life because I have a distorted, I, I've, I've forgot a lot of things from life, you know, from mm. my childhood. And she remembers a lot because she was a lot you older. So it out I, like I was, it was a trauma or, yeah. Maybe, or yeah. maybe just not young enough to remember it fully or maybe blocked it out yep. or I don't know, like. I had I had fucked up shit happen to me. Like I remember when I was, one of the one of the things that sticks out is one of my earliest memories. I remember dad like my dad used to flog me with sticks all the time, and that mm. I remember dad flogged me when I was five. And we lived in up near Cairns, and it was summer, 
and he went outside and we had like a trailer that you put things, you know, like a trailer that you put stuff on, mm. like your washing machine or something. And he put a dog collar on me and he put a chain on me and he chained me up like a dog underneath the, my um, the trailer in summer. Fuck me. Like, like stuff like that, you know, That's like beatings all the time. Fucked, and bro. like, I remember getting my report card. This is, this is, this is, this is one of my biggest memories too. I remember getting my report card and I have eight. I was a shit kid. I had ADHD. I was, I was fucked. Like, oh, but it, school wasn't the right environment for me. And, and I know that, that now, but I used to get my report card and, and it's changed now. Like kids with ADHD back then were just naughty, disruptive, naughty fucking mm. shit, shit kids. Now they're like, you're disabled. You got ADHD, you get disability funding, you're disabled. Mm. So I get my report cards and I, I know like soon as report card day was, I was like, Oh my God. Mm. I'm fucked when I get home. Like dad's gonna beat me, and I'd vomit. Mm. I'd physically, I'd like you know you're nervous. I'd like, and I'd vomit, and I'd be walking up my driveway, knowing that I'd have to give dad my report card, and then I'd get like, I'd get like a half an hour beaten. Like mm. it'd be beaten, and then come back, and it'd be like, and it wasn't just with sticks, it was hands, not fist throwing. Like it was, it was hectic. It was, it was, it was, and not hectic in a good way. Not like hectic, like it was bad hectic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was bad hectic. Man, you know, I, was, I just want to say, I just want to say, it was it was on... thick as in yuck thick, not fully thick. Like, mm. yeah, I want to say, man, good on you, bro, for for fucking, you know, really, I'm I'm passionate about changing changing patterns and lineage, bro. You know what I mean? Like me mm. coming from an Irish background, you know. A lot of I'm a lot of alcohol and a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Like it's just what is it really? What's the point and what's it actually doing? You know, and that for example, you could have mm. chose to continue on with that. You know, like you could have chose yeah. to pick up that and but you haven't. You've yeah. you know, you've raised five beautiful kids and you know yeah and, fucking, and listen not to not to say that I listen and that's one of my biggest fear. I I I, I say this to a lot of people that I I know and. Um, I talk about it embracing embracing it man i embrace the i embrace the negative because mm. to think that we have to live in a world where there's no negative exists is mm, fucking bullshit mm, and, totally and, and that and that's and that's what i tried to do as a kid and as a young youth and that i'll be like feeling sad mm. is fucked and i hate feeling sad and i never want to feel sad so you know what i'm gonna like just be fucking like i'm gonna be this like and not, not like it was a it was a conscious decision like you know everyone's like oh you're always the loudest you're always the craziest you're always like this and that, and that. like it's a conscious decision for me to walk in a room and be the loudest and craziest and full-on it just it's it just happens man and and you know and it was a later in, in my later life that i realized like fuck, you know it's okay to feel that sadness it's okay to hurt sometimes mm, totally you know i've I've cried. I've cried now more in the last year than I had probably in the last in my from when I was say fourteen till I was twenty till I was thirty. Mm. I've cried more in the last year, mm. and that's like you know I thought it was a bad thing. And my my sons have never seen me cry before. They've never mm. seen me cry before. And they seen me cry the other day. One of my, um, my my wife's best friend, her daughter passed away, and we were really close with her. She had a genetic uh, brain brain disease called uh, uh, INAD. So, and she passed away. She's the same age as my daughter, a couple of months older than my daughter. So, and 
I remember hold like she's family, like family, you know. Sorry that that really hit hard. That really hit hard, man. And, you know, I was crying there for days and, you know, it was good. And it was, you know what, it was good, you know, to actually let that out. Mm. I was purposely putting on songs to kind of force that out of me. Yeah, not sure. force it out of me, yep. but let the release, you know what I mean? Not, yep. the, not the hold it back. You know, I I tend to, when I get that choke in my throat, to kind of swallow it. Yep. You know, we don't want that, you know, and then and that. And, you know, I felt myself doing that a lot in my life, like going, nah, fuck it, swallow that choke. Mm. And uh, be the man, do the manly thing. Yeah. 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 Fuck, that's a real, that's a real, real epiphany that I just kind of had then on myself. But yeah, yeah no, nah, to not swallow that choke, man, to, you know, if you feel it and it feels right to do it. 100%, man. To have that, to release that, you know, not to hold it in, you know, and that's something that I kind of just, Realize that myself as we were talking, you know, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing. Both, yeah. bro. Sure. Um, yeah. So, is there is there anything else off the top of your head you'd sort of you want to cover, man, or you want to you want to chat that you think could be useful to young young people coming up, or 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 anything, anyone out there? Well, I just found, man, I I've got a few people that I met. Like, I don't even call, mentor. Kind of makes you it feel like I've had younger people mentor me. Yep. I've had younger, like my kids teach me a lot of things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, and not, and not just my daughter got me on Skype. Like I fucking, she taught me how to use Skype. She's nine. Like, but I'm talking about other things too. Like they teach you patience. They teach you the roof. Listen, my boys have taught me the real meaning of frustration mm-hmm. and anger. Like I've never, I've never been more frustrated and seven TVs broken in six years in my house, seven oh, TVs in no. six years. We've got to run, oh. I've got to bet with my mates who's going to smash the next one. And they're all the boys, my daughter, my, my missus and my daughter are like, like fucking, they're like dark horses. Have you they're got paying four $27. Boys? Have you got four boys? I've got four boys in a oh. row. <laughs> I got four boys. Listen, so I got my daughter who's nine, yeah. and I got my son with the long hair that's eight, and I got my ADHD son that's six. Mm. Then I got the curly haired boy who's three, and then I got the little cutest, world's cutest <laughs> little boy who's he'll turn one soon. So I've got them five. Bro, so one girl. He's, he's definitely one of the cutest things. Boys, man. Yeah. Was that? He's one of the cutest kids I've seen. He, just he sat is. There. He just sat he there is. like. Just. He's like this. Just, just frothing. Yeah. He's, like, he's yeah. so happy all the time. And he's a kid, man. He only cries when he, there's a reason to. Like, he'll never cry just to hear his own. Yeah, yeah. One thing about, he, he walked at nine, at eight months. He's 10 months old and he's running, which is mm. fucking crazy. Walking at eight months, if anyone's got kids, they'll know that walking mm. at eight months is fucking crazy. I've got videos, so fuck you if you don't believe me. He walked at eight months. He's like, he is... He loves music. Like, mm. he loves music. He, like, dances to music, and he's so fucking – he's so switched on, man. It's crazy. He's he's crazy. And he just likes to chill. Like, he's never cried in another – a stranger's arms. You can yeah. give him to anyone, he, he, which is kind of scary. Like, you never know if someone kind of steals him because you're not going to cry. But you probably – if I sit him in the pram and turn around to something at KFC, someone will steal him. He'll just be like, oh. And look at him with a big cross-eyed, just grin, and just let him take him, and just oh, and, and he does this thing. He, he leans back and he kind of really looks. He's like, oh, and he looks at you, 
And he's, he'll look and he'll really check you out and he'll like tilt his head and he'll like really take you in. What's the But one? he's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the cutest motherfucker ever. Yeah. But look at his dad. Like, <laughs> um, wait, sometimes, do you ever get in the mood? Like sometimes it just looking like trash. Like I, sometimes I just try and make, I just like fucking myself sometimes. I'm like, I wonder what the most ugliest haircut is. And yeah. I'll give myself, I'll literally shave my face into the weirdest things just to be like, ooh. And for my kids to go, what are you doing? Yeah. Or like. My wife to go fucking gross. What are you doing? You got to bleach like, it, bro. You got to bleach it or something. I just, I don't know. Oh, dude, bleach, bleach it. Wait, bleach I'm growing a mullet at the moment. It. Check this out, bro. Yeah, I'm look. growing a mullet at the moment yeah, and I'm going to get a dready, bro. I'm going to get a dready mullet. I swear to God. So, yeah. no one, if anyone copies it. Wait, wait. You. As in what? As in you're going to get it braided? Like dreadies. I'm going to get mullet dready. One dreadies or, or one dread or dreadies? Like one dreadies, dread, like yeah, multiple right. dreadies. I'm actually growing the back, but multiple, one singular. And like, and like probably thick as your finger, dreadies yeah. coming yeah. up. Look at this, ready? Yeah, nice, bro. I'm on the mission. Yeah. I'm on the mission as well to grow it. I'd, I'd have shaved head going. for seven years. Yeah, let's go on. But yeah, if oh, you had any words, if you had any get words, bro, if you had any words, what would you? I'm doing it, bro. I'm literally on the mission. I'm on the mission. Um, What's, yeah, what would you say, man? Man, just. A few just words. Um, if you got them, I got them. I've got all. I've got, I've got all the words, but I talk all day. There's no. I'm never short of words. What, yeah. what did my teacher say? I could talk under a fucking slab of wet cement with a mouth full, full of dry bickies. That's yeah, what I, I had the same. I had the same report. Yeah, mouth full of wheat bickies. Yeah. <laughs> um, is to start men of like. I used to think it was bullshit. Mm. I start manifesting, man. That shit's fucking. I don't. I, I can't stress enough mm. how real that shit is 100%. that manifesting that kind of and do it in your own way there's no there's no textbook to it you mm. don't have to fucking you know people are oh, i stick things on my wall like bro i hate motivational quotes mm. said like self it's called fucking self-motivate if you can't fucking self-motivate you can't motivate yourself i don't rely on the rock or fucking angelina jolie to motivate me mm. i motivate my motherfucking self man mm. so totally start like you know start figuring out what motivates you and the way the best way to start you know manifesting things man like if it listen if it is put motivational quotes let, hey if that works for you fucking do, do it. it for me mm. it ain't because i'm my own god you know what i mean mm. i'm my own fucking hero i'm my own soldier totally i'm you know, I've, I've only ever had to rely on myself, so I only ever fucking do. And, you know, I don't rely on, like, you know, I have my friends and I call on my friends and that, but, you know, my friend, I've never, I've been close to people, but I've never, I never put my, tr like, I never put my happiness in anyone else. Like, I've always been so self-fucking-reliant. So, you know, be self-reliant, be fucking resilient, um, manifest, start start picturing where you want fucking shit to go man and mm. and if you put enough time into it and if you keep you never fucking like it, it, it sounds so fucking cliche and it sounds cliche but you know back in the day i didn't have a plan b i only had a plan a and mm. and i focused fully on that now i've got a plan fucking alphabet <laughs> in hebrew i've got a plan i've got a plan alphabet in hebrew bro i've fucking yeah. got I've got this. I've got so many fucking things going. I've got merch. I've got fucking my name up for motor. Like, I, I, bro, I, 
I've got a, I started a construction company. I've got an Indigenous-owned construction scaffolding company called Yaga Corporation, which means, you know the word hard yakka? Yep. You know yakka? Yep. It's taken from a tribe that's where my family's from. Is called, uh, the tribe's called Yagara, mm-hmm. and the word is called Yaga. Yaga means strenuous work. Mm-hmm. So they took it and turned it into yakka. Yaga mm-hmm. is yakka. So strenuous work is that's that's what my company is called. Strenuous work, younger Epic. corporation. Strenuous work Epic. corporation, hard work corporation, and uh, we do like scaffolding and screens and all this sort of stuff. So I'm I've got my fingers in that many fuck. I've got my fingers and toes and balls in that many pies, man. Like mm. I've got so many pies. Good. So good. Yeah, man. I'm just trying to just focus, manifest, and. Go for it, fucking head yeah, down. I definitely bar, think that's. A, I definitely think that's a powerful thing is perceiving is is perceiving where you're going to be and, and already living it and living like that's already a reality. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing anything, do it properly and do it like professionally. You know, and like Please. run the gauntlet. And have like, a fucking crack. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Have a crack. We're here for a short time and and uh, Bruh, yeah, have, have a crack, crack man. Like, look at what you're doing, bro. Mm. You look you exactly what you're doing. Oh, look at what you're doing. You fucking. You're having a crack, man. You're doing your music. Yeah. Hey, you're having a fucking go. You're doing your podcast. You're reaching. You're doing. You're having a go, man. Mm. Yeah, it may not end in fucking golden rainbows totally. and fucking Lamborghinis and shit, but you're having a go, right? Mm. And you know that's why I always give you know people like yourself the time. You know, guys that are having the go because I'm still having a go. Mm. So I love I love this sort of stuff, man. This raw stuff. And it's a never I'm ending. Really it's a never ending go, man. At the end of the day, and there's no fucking finish point. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't, man. You never finished until they put you in the ground, mm, bro. So, fucking I mean, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you giving me the platform, man, and taking your time out from your day. And, fucking you know, um, as you can see, I'm hard to come to get get hold of, but you can see why. I've got a gazillion <laughs> I'm a busy motherfucker, man. Okay, and I've got a gazillion kids and I've got my hands in pies, bro. That's what it is. Bro. Yeah, I look forward to uh, coming to Sydney and, and seeing, with, seeing you, uh, potentially training with you one day. And, um, yeah, bro. Cheers yeah, for coming 100. on. And, and best I might, uh, I might, I might have to take you through a little ceremony, bro. I'd love to. I'd fucking love that, man. I'd absolutely love that. So we'll stay in contact. We'll go. We'll go bush. I guess some of the followers will go bush. We'll have a. We'll have a little. We'll have a little thing out there. Yeah. I'd love to do that, man. And my yeah, pleasure. My uh, pleasure, yeah, man. When Unger could come along too, my the the indigenous. Oh, bro. Bring him, bro. He <laughs> yep. can come. Doors always open, bro. Me casa, su casa. Done. What's mine is yours. I'll let you get back to the kids, Flem. Fucking thanks heaps, bro, and you have a great day. Hopefully the house isn't burnt down. (laughs) I'm sick. Hopefully the TV's intact. One of them. Fucking hopefully the TV's intact. Start placing bets. All right, brother. Thanks very much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you get the chance to listen, um, don't be afraid to send us a message. And, uh, you know, my line's always open. So mm. my Instagram is Paul Showtime Fleming. Facebook's Paul Fleming. You'll mm. see my ugly head on there. That'll Buy a shirt there. with my ugly head on it if you want to. If mm. not, I've got some other shirts coming out. So. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro.